0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Today, we are joined by a dear friend, a man that I respect an incredible amount, a man that I learn from, get coaching from, uh, just integrate every ounce of his wisdom, and today's podcast was no different. I took notes. I had many reminders, and it's just loaded with nuggets. We talk about how there isn't a 60-second fix to create real change in your life, how to navigate really hard situations, and how to stay in your power as you process through it as an entrepreneur setting your day up for success with a five minute practice, how your relationship with integrity and how you know it when you're in it or not, and plus so much more. And so I can never do these episodes justice and quite be told, I don't even know if these intros make sense or if they're good. I hope they are. You should probably let me know. But without further ado, I think the episode is way better than anything I'm saying right now. So let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Alright, everybody, welcome back. We're gonna have an interesting intro to this one because you're you're gonna just jump into the middle of a conversation. <laughs> that's that's what's that's what's happening right mm-hmm. now. We're kind of breaking the fourth wall. So so first, um, let me give some context. Uh, I'm I'm joined today by a man that I have the utmost admiration and respect for on so many levels. Um, I have a relationship with this man in many buckets of my life, which helps the depth of my edification and respect get even deeper. I know him personally. He has had me on his podcast. We speak, we communicate. I've shared many things with him in my life, and everything that I am mirrored and reflected back to is wisdom and helpful, and he is a walking testament of the work that he talks about. I also have the pleasure of having former employees who were coached by him and brought up by him and supported by him that led them into my bucket which helped them be more affected for me which then had me help him and deeper there and i've just traveled the world and have a pretty big friend circle and every time his name comes up it's always the same reflection back and so irregardless of business irregardless of entrepreneurship irregardless of all of this just honored and humbled to be joined by uh the incredible man my friend traver so traver welcome to the show again
1: thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, I
0: think I needed to hit record because you know, you were sharing something, um, pretty, pretty powerful. And, you know, as soon as you said it, it kind of like triggered my soul and you're like, yeah, it's just, we have to do the work. And I was like, Oh, there's the butterflies. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in the middle of work. You are in the middle of work. And I think it's kind of an important conversation Mm -hmm. to have. So I think I just wanted to bring that up yeah yeah you. so you know, for me, I mean, would you would you mind sharing a little bit because you were just you know talking about being in this men's container? Was this your container, or was this somebody else? It was yours?
1: Yeah it was mine, yeah, the uncivilized men's initiation. We were down in Austin, Texas, myself, Dewey Freeman, uh, Michael Gay, Dave Boyd,
0: and wow, about 30 wow. Men. and then you guys were down there for how many days taking this men through. What?
1: Okay. Uh, a f- five-day process where we, we, st- you know, we call it an initiation, and it is an initiation, where we first try to activate or bring aliveness to one of the two paradigms that these men are often missing, either the primal, the powerful, the purposeful, or the divine, the conscious, the emotional. And a lot of men, most men, I would say, especially in the West, have been steered mm. heavily in one direction and had the opposite direction shamed or put down. Yet I'm looking for the middle of the road. I'm looking for where those two Venn diagrams cross each other and say to men, when you have access to both paradigms, you have a choice. Until you have access to both, you have no choice. And the two paradigms, you know, to put more simply, are kind of the 1950s Marlboro Man, stoic, <laughs> unemotional, lone wolf, A lot of our fathers, our grandfathers, a lot of men we even may know, or a lot of our pasts. And then the opposing one is this sensitive new age guy or the nice guy who is the opposite. He's driven only by emotion, uh, collapses in the face of conflict, doesn't really know who he is, is ashamed of being a man or scared of being a man, ashamed of his own power, scared of his own power. And we walk these guys through a number of initiations or a number of exercises including some of the group work, which I know you're familiar with, of letting a man fall apart or letting a man experience and express whatever it is that he's not allowed to when he goes home, be that the deepest of grief or the most uh, up movement, up movement of, of rage, anything and everything in between. We just say, hey, this, yeah. this is the place to do it. This is the place to take all of that shit that you've suppressed, you've buried, or you've had suppressed and had buried, and we're going to give you a clean, clear container to express it and a process through which to work through it. And then we also throw in the the left hand or the left curve of having them work with horses because Dewey Freeman, if you know him, is a savant at horses he started the gestalt equine institute of the rockies this guy knows more about yep. horses than i know about anything else and to get men around horses and to get them to work with horses is i i am not qualified to talk about it so i'll just call I, it i am pure fucking i am, magic.
0: my wife is opening an equine therapy <laughs> center but we have We have 12 horses for a reason and yes, it's it, but here's the thing. You are accurately describing it it as, as you should, but here's, here's for somebody, Uh, a horse can sense your heartbeat like 50 yards away. Um, so it's emotional sensitivity is absolutely mind blowing. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that's it. That's all you need to know to describe the magic.
1: Yeah. And so these men learn connection. They learn how to create connection, They learn how to create contact, one of Dewey's theories. They learn how to be in relationship with themselves, with their emotions, with their power, with each other, with the land, with the world, uh, with their feelings, with with everything. And then they come out of that just radically transformed, having been given the permission to be a full spectrum human, even though they have a dick, which society doesn't really love, but we do. And also just to work through, George, some real stuff. A lot of these guys show up with stuff that, like your, your path, right? No, I'm sure everything everything path. is
0: it's, out of my podcast. I mean, every ounce of the shadows have been exposed.
1: Yeah. And, and most guys are walking around with stuff like that, the depth of trauma, like capital T trauma, complex trauma, religious trauma, sexual abuse, you name it, tucked so deeply away because they're ashamed of it. That it's it's running their lives in the background in horrible or in challenging ways let's call it uh, but they've never had a chance to really stop take a breath and be held in a container that says we actually want yeah. to work you through this we want you to release that and express it as opposed to shove it down I'll drink it out smoke it I'll fuck it out exercise it out work it all the ways that they've they've done they've compartmentalized or um, compensated, to be okay in the world, which is, is completely understandable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to summarize this cause I want to ask you a question and kind of lead this because you just said a lot sure. of context that was actually really, really helpful. Right. So for everybody listening, um, it, it, even when Travers speaking and answering through like the lens of men, like the applicability here, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to hit record in the middle of this conversation is like, we talk a lot the bottom of this podcast. Like how do I build a company? How do I scale? How do I create legacy? How do I create impact? And, um, really, when it boils down to the root of it, it's it's self emotional mastery, right? And so when Trevor's speaking, we're answering like listen through the lens because th- there's a lot here that's that's going to be coming up around your emotions and understanding that you know there's a place and a way to use them, but we have to have an awareness of them. And and for me, I talk about this very publicly, and Trevor would agree um, that entrepreneurship is one of the most celebrated addictions of our lifetime. And it's a never ending hiding mm. spot because there will always be a place to distract. There will mm-hmm. always be a place to avoid the emotion. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's always bad to go do that. It's the awareness around it that really, really makes a big difference and a big impact. And the reason I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this is because I'm going to frame this a little bit Traver, because I know you were just running that incredible yeah. event while also navigating incredibly personal, challenging times. Right. And I think back on my life, I think back on my career and I look at every single loss and in every single loss, it was when I got smacked in the face with something and my emotions took over my decisions and then it made it worse. And then I look back at the ones where I was upset. I was Mm -hmm. afraid for my life. I was afraid I was going to lose everything, but I didn't allow myself to operate or act underneath that. I became aware of it and was able to make some mm-hmm. intentional decisions that saved it. But I will tell you, it's been like a dance for a long time. But I would like mm-hmm. see this pattern coming in this roller coaster because what I found underneath it was that the the punches in the face were coming about quarterly. And then they'd go away for a couple of weeks because I'd get punched in the face. My emotions would make a bad decision. I'd cause permanent damage. But then it would give me enough ammo and evidence to be like, oh, I'm going to fix it. And then I would fix it in this temporary realigned mm-hmm. behavior until I just got back off the rails and that pattern repeated. And then that, that, that went on for like six or seven years. And then I realized that it was basically m- running from the work. Like the moment I started getting like mindless again yeah. and in the flow, yeah. it would start to break. And now it's mm-hmm. like I choose these conversations every day of like being radically open. of like, no, I'm in the work with you. Like I'm covered in mud. I am literally sweaty, nasty. Mm -hmm. I need a shower too. And that's been a really big point. But I think for you and and something I love and respect about you is your ability to speak about this from experience and breath and knowledge and from Mm -hmm. a coach and a teacher. And I know you're navigating this as well. And so I didn't have as much of a question as I Mm -hmm. kind of wanted your thoughts and your ethos and your soul on this because I think it's so important and so relevant to Mm -hmm. everybody listening.
1: Yeah, thank you. You know, my, one of my teaching partners and this amazing man named Michael Gay says that our, our deepest shadow often hides in our best intentions. And when I work with coaches and as one myself or as an entrepreneur myself, people who are in the, the giving, caring, nurturing, uh, helping professions, we are oftentimes the ones who are the most exhausted, the most run down, the least served the least willing to receive help, support, nurturance, being held, whatever it is. And yeah, I went into this event, uh, as I was sharing before we hit record, uh, having just found out that a family member very close to me took his own life and like within, you know, a day or two of of walking into a container where I'm responsible for 30 men, I need to hold space for 30 men. And My old MO would have been to seriously compartmentalize that, take a deep breath and go, all right, fuck it. You know what? I will get back to this on Monday. It didn't happen. I got, I got work to do. And I'm sure a lot of men can listen to that and and relate to that. And perhaps there is a time when that is necessary. Uh, This wasn't one. And so George, I, I tried something completely new. I, I'm first of all. I'm working with two of the the most brilliant therapists the Oh, and by the, by the way, the um, do you know so who? To,
0: by, for our previous conversation, that hasn't hit the podcast, and it's not going to yet. But the therapist that I had clarity with is Michael. Just so you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, no kidding. I had so, yeah. no idea. So, so I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I know. I'm idea. like, yeah. He's kind. He's kind of amazing. He's kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of awesome. <laughs> yeah he he yeah, is he's a wizard. He is legitimately. Right? If I was to open the dictionary. And saw the word wizard, his picture is what I was expecting to see based on my experience <laughs> of him. I 1,000% right. agree with you.
1: Yeah, I was at dinner uh, after the event with a woman who I know quite well. I was like, oh, I'm so glad you partnered with with good people. And I was like, no, no, no. I yeah, partnered yeah. with Yoda and an alien. Yep, like, yep.
0: These are I 1,000% right. support <laughs> your hypothesis.
1: <laughs> so I had a feeling uh, when I shared it with them. And then prior to going to the event, they said, all right, let's sit down and and what do you need to get out? How are you? Like, how are you really? Mm -hmm. Don't tell us you're fine. You can't be fine. And let's not lie through this. And I did. I grieved with them and I got angry with them. Yeah. Yeah. Not with them, but they them holding the space for it. And even incorporated it into the workshop. I asked the guys. And this was an edge for me, George, because I'm running the thing. They've paid me. This is they're here for me. I'm not here for them was the story. And uh, on the morning of his funeral, I just asked, I said, would you guys mind giving me 60 seconds of your silence and sending love and prayers to my family right now? Because they're at a, a funeral that I can't be at. And I cried with them and just let it like, you know what, this is, I can't ask these men to go to the depths of their souls and pull up whatever's troubling them and not be willing to do the same. And it was so healing and helpful and, and powerful. I'm not out of the woods in this, you know, it's not like a cool, I got a 60 second fix of someone killing themselves. Nope. But it was a different way of being. And I feel like I came home cleaner than I would. And I use that word consciously, like without as much, friction and static around me. Uh, I'm able to now articulate, yeah, I'm really, really upset. I have so much grieving left to do around this incident and I'm going to do it as opposed to awesome. Let's make a four page to do list and bury my head and go, you know what? Hopefully this just resolves itself. I don't drink anymore. I don't do drugs anymore, but that would have been the old way. Cool. Let me just get blackout drunk and, and, and this will go away. So I appreciate the question. You know, you asking around entrepreneurship because it it's, it's such an easy it's place. It's so to hide. easy. And
0: I wanna I wanna say a couple. So first, man, like, um, thank you for sharing that. But thank you for doing that. Like, when I when I say to people, like being a lighthouse, like that's what it is. It's not moving and sharing your light because you don't control what it looks like, but it gives everybody else permission to do the same. Like that is embodiment of the work you teach. That is leading it. Like it's, that's the edge that I don't get to talk to many people about this, but that's the edge that, that I've been intentionally pushing since day one of the podcast, like full disclosure, radical honesty, like I'm walking in this with you and that, and now like seeing it, because you know, when you were talking about compartmentalization I used to compartmentalize, but I was so good at it that like it, it, was, it wasn't my new thing anymore. So my new thing wasn't to compartmentalize. It was to run in, but to leak my emotions on everybody without acknowledging that I was having them.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> like, I am just like, yeah, yeah. I am just like running around, like coaching <laughs> myself. Form. And pretending i don't exist and i don't need any Mm -hmm. of the advice that's there right and so then i created containers to hide in the work like that was that was the one that was there Mm -hmm. and the the one that that got me because that was my story too man like i was like how how can they be paying me like i can't i can't be up here like a mess i can't beat up and i'm like i'm human though like Mm -hmm. Like this is, and then I just started thinking about like being back in the Marine Corps and being back in like those moments where the whole world was gone, right? This wasn't entrepreneurship. It wasn't anything. This was like, we are in like some of the worst conditions we could ever be in. But then you look and you're like, we're just human. Like we're just human. And I had all this evidence in my life, these pockets of like radical honesty and radical integrity where they created this freedom in me. But it was so interesting because I was like, okay, well that's how I am in the world, but in business I should pretend to be a robot. I should pretend to like not have feelings. Like right. no no no. They can't know that that makes me yeah. sad or when they ask me how my morning is, I can't say, "Oh, I'm having a sad morning." Like no, and then you know, luckily, I think I got lucky because of the container, like the environment I was in with my wife and my family and my friend circle that the dissonance that was getting created eventually just broke me to the point where radical honesty was like mm-hmm. the only way. And then it was just by accident mm-hmm. that I became successful doing it. <laughs> and so then I was like, here's a model of how I've been radically honest. And this is how relationships beat algorithms now. But like hearing you say it, man, like I have fucking good, I'm still shaking from what you said. Like I'm literally vis- visibly shaking hearing you say that, like, I, I don't even know what your love language is. I'd reflect it back to you and tattoo it in your fucking soul at this point. Um, (laughs) and, and I appreciate you taking the, taking the loft, like the, the softball, but you know, I think I've been really, really reflecting a lot lately and I've had a lot of compression time and I am just like, the hill I'm going to die on is that every entrepreneur and every human understands that there's no more tools to add to your toolbox. The only thing that matters is working on the person who uses the tool. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just ready to die on that hill mm-hmm. now <laughs> really aggressively. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, right. and and I'd love your thoughts on this, you know, from the lens in which you see the world, I spent most of my life compartmentalizing my own work. I'd say, oh, something in my life isn't working. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me make a to-do list. Then I would say, let me go back into the business And work, 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 and then come out and then work on this thing. And there was just this constant, you know, dissonance. And the reason I asked you to bring it up is because like you, you, you edify what I, I deem to be a leader. Because no matter how we do it in life, Mm -hmm. there's not rainbows and unicorns every day. Like, you know, the day is about getting punched in the face Mm -hmm. and understanding that when we get punched in the face, like it still hurts. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, but when it hurts, it doesn't mean we can break check every single time. It means Mm -hmm. that we have to be able to acknowledge our emotions and our feelings And then still show up in the game and like you do, you do it and you, you help men with this. And so I just kind of want to hear your thoughts because you've talked a lot about, Mm -hmm. you know, the spiritual side and the emotional side and the drive side and alignment. But I think just getting some people to a place of like, for me, one of my biggest challenges for years as an entrepreneur is that I thought I had to do my work in secrecy. I had to compartmentalize it. It had to be Mm -hmm. this thing. And so I would just kind of love your thoughts on that, man.
1: Sure, sure. I think, you know, George, your thought around, I have to do my work in secret is carried by a lot of men. If we speak specifically to your male audience or speak to your yeah. female audience about men. How often have men been told like, go away and unfuck yourself and then come back. And we can be back in relationship or we can back in business or back in whatever it is. So it's, it's positioned that way. And we're patterned that way. Yet, unfortunately, and I know you have far more experience with entrepreneurs than I do, and yet I will st- I will position that at the root of 99.9% of every challenge someone has in business or their life uh-huh. is a fear of abandonment. 99.9%, when you get down to the absolute lowest point of why, yeah. why, 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 why. why. The people who love me, the people in my family, the people in my circle, the people who such and such will leave me. And that's either if I do this and fail,
0: if I do this, or even grow. the
1: other side of the coin, if I do this and it becomes the home run of all home runs, uh-huh. uh, I will be left. Because I remember when I when I first started a men's group here in Denver, and it was our very first meeting. I didn't know the guys, I I knew of them, I invited them into my house, or sitting in a circle, and I'm like, hey, why are you here? I think it was the first four guys was your standard. My marriage isn't working. My business isn't working. I just don't know what to do with myself, et cetera. And then the fifth guy goes, I am making so much fucking money that I'm afraid if I share with my friends, they won't be my friends anymore. And I need somewhere to come and just be honest about being celebrated. And I remember thanking him. Like, thank you just for acknowledging that that's actually a real thing that the fear of abandonment isn't just everybody's going to laugh at me. Everybody's, I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm the, you know, it's also, it's tied to anything that challenges the structure, anything that challenges the system, rather, anything that challenges the system we grew up in or we're surrounded by good, bad, or indifferent, that system will view as an attack. And so part of so many, so much of the work that I do with men is getting them to create a more solid relationship with themselves. We are so yeah. cut off from parts of ourselves. We have, we have, Michael talks about, like we have tourniquets all over our bodies. I got hurt in third grade by Susie Johnson. Let me put a tourniquet around my heart. I got hurt in ninth grade by such and such. Let me put a tourniquet around my sensitivity, around my artistic aspects, around my power, around my being bold, about, around me being whatever it is. And so we have so many men in business and in families and in their own personal lives just walking around cut off from all of these different parts of themselves or overexpressing the part of themselves to hammer into the world like, it's okay for me to be powerful. Well, now you're Hi. actually, you're a tyrant. Guilty. Guilty. Right? It's okay. Twice. You're
0: <laughs> <laughs> i got both hands i put i put my pink boots uh, up with them dude i'll just do all like um i don't plead the fifth i waive my constitutional right i did that for a long time
1: We had so many times this weekend asking guys questions like, who does this relate to? Both oh, arms up, one leg up. Like, you know, like, here's this this my joke now that I'm healed through yeah.
0: it. And I, just don't lose your thought. But like, you know, what's funny is if you look back at me, luckily, my whole life has been documented on the Internet. And I <laughs> am a master of environmental design because I know that I can't hold myself accountable. And so like there was a phase where. I wore the same hoodie every day for two years that said work harder because I was procrastinating. Then Mm -hmm. I wore one that said unapologetically authentic. And then I made a movement called Relationships Beat Mm -hmm. Algorithms. And I made all of those points when I was at like the lowest point of my life, when I was out of integrity, when I was lying. And so I would surround myself Mm -hmm. with these clothings and these movements and these sayings in my business. And I would go be tyrannical about them. And the more tyrannical I would become, the yeah. bigger the dissonance came on how out of alignment I was with what I was teaching. And then it forced me to change my behaviors. Mm. And so like if you mm-hmm. look at my career, like, I, and I, I don't think I've ever said this, actually, my entire career has just been me creating a container to therapize, coach, or hold myself accountable to the pain points or wounds that I've created that these containers represent the new right. behaviors of the man I want to be. <laughs> and then I like operate from there. Yeah. It's just really funny to think about. And when you said it, it made me think about it.
1: <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. One, one of the uncivilized ethos tenants is that your greatest gifts mm. grow in the garden of your wounds. And that's a reframe for, for so mm. many of us who had something happen mm. and now get to have the choice Of do we look at that situation, that initiation, that dark period, and go down into the muck and the mud and come up with a gem? Or do we look at that situation and say, that happened to me, and now I'm going to react to it by cutting off from it, from tourniqueting it, whatever that's a word, from my life, missing out not only on the gem, but then also pretending that it didn't happen. And not yeah. grieving it. And I think that is why we have the statistics that we, can we have talk about the challenges. The, can we talk that that we about have? this for a minute,
0: Trevor? Because uh, this this is this is huge. So sure. I this is a question I get asked a lot. This is one that I, I don't have any competence in. I'm dangerously uncompetent to give an answer mm-hmm. in this bucket yet. But for me in my life, I am at a place like when I look at my life and the things that I've experienced, like I have love in my heart around them. Like I am, I don't want Mm. it any other way. Like even the moment I'm in right now that I share with you off camera, like all I see is light. All I see is joy. All I see is positivity. And Mm. I'm still in the middle of that process for myself around a few little pockets left. And I know I can't, write a book that I'm still in the middle of, but I get asked how all the time, like, how do you go to start relating to these moments of your life? And I hear on the women's side, um, for a lot of my entrepreneurs, like 80% of our audience is like, they feel like they gave away their power. And it starts like, how do I reclaim my power? Like, how did this not happen to me and on the men's side, right? The same thing you're talking about, but can you just kind of talk through that and like how mm-hmm. you start helping people or what you recommend to start navigating these events and finding your power sure. and, and finding the gems and mining that, that of your story.
1: Yeah. Yes. First you have to take a breath. Yes. First, you just have to be real. And I I want th- to, I want to preface this by saying first you have to grieve. Male, female, I don't care how anybody chooses to identify around anything that's happening. First, you have to grieve. And so often in Western culture, we love to skip that part. We love to jump right to, okay, the worst thing in the world happened to me yesterday. Uh, How do I make it the best thing that ever happened to me today? And I understand the desire to do that because so often sitting in the pain and sitting in the grief is so uncomfortable and so disorienting. And especially in the West where we don't really have – we're not good at creating space to grieve. We love to skip that part, George. No. And I think you're doing – I know it's a massive disservice to jump right from – okay, this tragedy happened yesterday. How do I make this the best thing that ever happened to me? So first, allow yourself to sit in the grief longer than you want to because our natural tendency is to not want it to marinate Mm -hmm. but to pull ourselves out of it. Then then we can get very, very honest. You know, When I was going through my divorce, which was my first real initiation, uh, I was at Esalen for a month doing a program there. And one of my teachers, this brilliant woman named Kobe Kozlowski uh, said, so what's, what's, what's amazing about this divorce? And I was like, not a fucking thing. This is hell on earth. I didn't want it. I didn't ask for it. It's like, there's nothing. She goes, okay, let's, let's break that down a little bit. Are you sitting on the side of the Pacific in a hot tub at Esalen one surrounded by a bunch of naked people? And I was like, yes, I am like, okay, is that, is there anything about that? That's positive. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that, that's that's okay. You got me on that one. Two, are you on this year-long project to discover yourself? Have you been traveling? Have you been going? Are you literally is every aspect of your life changing? And I was like, Yes. It's like, even if it wasn't, even if you were still in the shit of it, what was the what, what are some new things that came out immediately? And I remembered back to like three days after my ex-wife leaving, one of my best friends calling and sharing something with me that he had held in for his entire life. And I remember being so touched by that moment, George, and even thinking in in some weird kind of abstract way, if this is all that I get out of this, this little bit more of this closeness to him, this deepening of a connection to him, that may be worth it because I can't change her. I can't change the situation. Mm -hmm. So you start mining Mm-hmm. for these micro things that are beautiful, right? It's like putting a jelly bean in a jar. You have one on one day and you have two the next day and it doesn't look like there's any in there. And then on day 50, day 60, you're like, wow, there's, there's two inches here of jelly beans on this. And then we start to build the positivity side of it. But all along the while, allowing yourself to have the full experience where on some days yep. you're going to be angry and that's okay. Some days you're going to be sad. That's okay. Some days you're going to feel like you've taken five steps back. So I want to, can
0: you save your thought Traver? Because this first part is so powerful and, and I want to summarize this because I'm obsessed and I have Scott Carney coming on the podcast. He wrote the book, The Wedge. Um, right. And I know you're familiar. Um, Mm, so you know, what I talk about and I, I just drilled this into my event is that in, in my opinion, the reason I've won in life is because awareness is the finish line, right? Like I truly believe that because when I am in a place of awareness, I have the ability to respond and I have a choice in front of me, right? It's reactivity that gets in the way, right? Yeah. And what you're talking about and one of the biggest losses that I had is that when I would get triggered or I would have an emotion, I didn't have the ability to catch it. And so my emotions would take over and I would start reacting with behavior. I'd make the wound worse. I'd run away. I would do whatever. Right. And then it was when I was introduced to like breath work and cold therapy. Right. And then I'd be like, Oh my God, my best client's leaving. And I was like, Oh wait, but I didn't like shut down my nervous system. Wait, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Right. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I started finding this. And so, you know, for everybody listening, you know, this this is here regardless of whether this is an emotional decision, whether this is a decision in the business, whether you get hit with good news or bad news, whether your best employee quits or your new star student walks in the door, what what you gotta recognize is that, that there's only two seats that you can be in, in the in the car. You can either be in the driver's seat or you can be in the passenger seat. And if any moment that you're not conscious and you're mm-hmm. consciously choosing the next path, you are not in the passenger you're not in the driver's seat, but we convince ourselves that we are. And so I've been obsessive, Traver, because of Steph, thank God, Stephanos, Um, nine years ago, eight years ago or whatever, when he was yelling at me when he was coaching me and I was like vomiting on him and yelling at him on the phone. And I was like, what do I do? And he's like, sit with it longer, mother effer, and hung up (laughs) on me, Um, you know, became one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten in my life, responsible for more than anything, which led to a stillness practice. And that led to me starting to recognize that yeah. I can have emotions. Like I can I can get a text message in the middle of this podcast that causes a trigger, makes me sad, makes me anxious, acknowledge that that feeling is there mm-hmm. and still allow myself to be present because I'm not mm-hmm. going to end the podcast. And if yeah. I was, I would end it in that moment. And so for years, I just numbed those right. things. So that wedge that you're talking about for everybody listening, whatever that is for you, when I when I did that podcast on Inner Tools, it's whatever you can do to reset yourself from the container you're in it's just a pattern interrupt right if you're sitting at your desk and something bad happens it's going for a walk outside if you're you know at your computer it's listening to that favorite song that grounds you in your heart if it's you know you're anxious and moving it's laying down doing some breath work if you want to cry it's letting it out and i've read my son's so many child books that like i can deduce success down to a few of them number one is bear through the woods You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You can't go around it. You have to go through it. And then if you take that lovely 12-page book and you summarize it with what a shaman said to me when they taught me what purging was, and they said, just remember, if it's coming out up, it's coming out, stop trying to keep it in. And then I recognized that in my day when I felt sad, if I just was like, why am I sad? And I was sad for a second. The sadness just went away forever. And so... Acknowledging yeah. these things and and I'm I'm calling this out because what you said has been like one of the most powerful things that has ever happened for me in my life is been able to recognize and honor like, hey, I'm triggered right now. I can't say anything, or hey, I need some time to process, or hey, I need to go for a walk. And just flexing this muscle of bringing awareness. So I, I know you're about to get into like the next steps and the happiness, but do you have any tips or tricks that you use? Mm-hmm for when like you get triggered to drop back into like maybe your heart or your truth or navigate those feelings and questions that you ask?
1: No, it's a great question. I have to get back in relationship with myself. And we talk so much in the world about relationship and always think it's me and somebody else, me and my partner, me and such and such. I have to get back in relationship with myself and I have to get back into my body. And so I know one of the best ways to do that is to take my shoes off, go outside and stand in the grass. It's to feel the wind on my skin, to feel the sun on my skin, to take a couple breaths, to let my nervous system, which actually thinks I'm probably under attack and about to get killed, even though someone (laughs) just smiled at me, it's. Reminding my nervous system (laughs) that there's food in my fridge, there's a roof over my head, I'm actually okay, and and doing that. So really, it's you know two or three deep breaths out. And I will go. I you can't see my office door right here. Mine too. But it is to the outside, and norm numerous times a day, George. I will go take a breath, stand outside. Let that reminder of like, hey, I'm actually okay right now. There's a system that got tripped. There's like an, a false alarm on someone's car that's meh, meh, meh. that's going on inside of me. I just need to turn the car off, take a breath, go back in, and I have a breath mm-hmm. practice. I've had a meditation practice, or for a lot of people listening, yep. like I'll rip out twenty push-ups, right? Something that gets me okay. I'm, I'm in a physical body here. I have arms. I have legs. I have a heart. I have lungs. Okay. Now. I made that a lot more simplistic. (laughs) Sometimes I
0: have to do that, like (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So hey, you'll appreciate (laughs) this really quickly because I opened the loop. So this model I made is because you're (laughs) like me, right? So there's not many people that can check me when I'm really out of control. And if I really want my way, I can use words Mm -hmm. to manipulate them. So I had to build a container that like even my own bullshit doesn't work anymore. And so I made it. It's called the SOS model. So on the inside is the circle and it's called inner tools. Right. And so in there, you list the top 10 pattern interrupts that you can do at any moment by yourself. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Pull ups, primal scream, Mm -hmm. smash a pillow, go for a run like you know what resets yourself. So then you list them in order. Right. The most effective to the least effective. Right. So like no matter what, like Outside in nature, just like you, is number one. Breath is number two. And if those can't get me, the moment I'm in cold water, everything gets me. So my third one is cold because it's like my safety net, right? But I have a rule that if I get through three, right, which gives me 15 minutes, and if it's ineffective, I can't keep trying. So I have to move to the inner circle. Now, the inner circle are nine people in my life that hold me accountable to my potential and don't believe my story. And so all I do in my iphone the top nine i messages that are pinned are my top nine and in my notes section of my phone the pinned note is my sos so i never have to think if i'm triggered right so i'm like oh Mm -hmm. triggered it's also the background of my phone Mm -hmm. right and so then if i get through and i'm not out i will literally go straight to my sos I'm like here's what i'm feeling this is where i am and then normally within about seven seconds i'm checked and completely pattern interrupted out and then if not i have an outer circle And that's where I have like outer tools, right? So it's like lawyers, attorneys, trademark attorneys, anybody that has a solution to a problem. So now I don't have even space when I get triggered. At most, I get 15 minutes alone because I made a process that if it happens, that's how I hold myself accountable to get through. And then (laughs) at least 15 minutes later, somebody in my inner circle knows and that bullshit doesn't live anywhere anymore. And just the thought of having to like call one of them most of the time eradicates it. But I figured you'd appreciate that because that's how I do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's it's like a foolproof, like sober yep, yep. you.
0: Yes. Put the 1000% right man somewhere. 1000%. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, like I, I, when I, everybody listening to my podcast, Trayvon will laugh when I say there's only three colors of crayons in my box it's black, white, and pink. I mean that. Like I am simple. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, can't, I can't hide Dude, from this, right? right? And like, I got to give credit to the military. I never understood why we practiced things for 18 months to do for seven days. And I was like, oh, because you can't help us practice when your friend gets shot in the face. You're shitting your pants. Well, you haven't eaten in two weeks. And now you're trying to operate. You can't think. But we always did it. And I was like, oh, because when things got really hard, we didn't have to think. We had something that got us into action. And I heard Mm. a comedian say this this morning, and I haven't heard it in years, and it was Mm. so good. And he said, you know, what you have to remember is that you can't think yourself into a better action, but you can act yourself into a better thought. Mm. And so, like for me, man, like even even, like in the personal development world, in the relationship Mm. world, like you and I have walked a very similar path of like actualization, right? It's like I recognize that if I say something to somebody in a relationship and I catch it. The longer I allow that to marinate, the deeper the wound goes, right? And so it's like if I say something to my son or my daughter or to you, if I'm hey, May, wait, can we stop for a minute? I just want to apologize. I feel like I said this right. So like we practice this everywhere, anywhere we want a healthy relationship with our friends, our kids or whatever. But then in our business and our entrepreneurship, we don't practice it with ourselves and the relationship with ourselves right? We look at it and then we get out of integrity with ourselves. Like, oh, I'm not really feeling that way. Nope. Your feelings don't matter. They're completely invalid. Or, or you, you can feel that down the road or you can get that anywhere. And I'm like, listen, motherfuckers, you get one F1 car. One. And what I've recognized at this point is every one of those feelings is a check engine light that's just asking me to read the code. And it doesn't mean that the code requires my attention. Sometimes the code's like, hey, you need windshield washer fluid in three weeks. I'm like, dope. Thanks for reminding me. Sometimes the code's like, Hey, if you don't put oil in your car today, you're going to lose your entire company. I'm like, Oh, thanks for getting my attention. Right. But I'm, I've been obsessed lately, man. Like I'm probably going to start annoying people with this undertone that you're speaking about, which is the stillness practice and this exploration. And really to, to summarize it for me, it's really being like, Hey, If my business is my vision, if my life is my vision, if my relationship is my vision, then the only person who really knows if it's an integrity is me. And if every day my check engine light is coming on and it's giving me a diagnostic code inside my vehicle that happens to be a BMW, why do I keep calling Mercedes and Ford and Jaguar, i.e. coaches and podcasts and content? to diagnose a lights that only I have the answer to. And I will say, and I want to acknowledge it, to, mm-hmm. it's taken me years to get comfortable to sit in that space, to, to be like, oh my God, my world is ending, yeah. but I'm still responsible. But it's a muscle and it starts at like a second a time or two seconds a time or three seconds a time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, when, when you like get, for example, like when you go give a fucking keynote or get on a podcast, my favorite is like, how's everybody doing this morning? And they're like, great. They're like, how are you? I'm like, I'm fucking exhausted. I slept two hours last night because I was nervous because I'm the first fucking keynote. And then they all laugh. And I'm like, but that's actually honest, right? Like, and these pockets yeah. are like when somebody opens the door and they're right. like, "How's your morning? You actually tell them. You don't say great. Be like, oh, it's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. I saw this or it's been here. Like, we have the ability to practice everywhere. And I feel mm-hmm. like the more we do, the more we win. So that was completely just a fucking tangentially rant. So I apologize, man. <laughs>
1: Not a worry, brother.
0: I love the rain. I don't know, man. It just hits me (laughs) lately. And I'm just like, I don't even care anymore. It's just coming out. Here it comes. Let it flow. Let it (laughs) flow. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was a very long loop of like acknowledging. And I agree like in any, any step in the work that we do, it's like acknowledge the feeling. Now, once you've acknowledged, how do you then go about getting into like what I would call Mm -hmm. aligned action? Like, where do you start pursuing? Like Because mm. there's going to be plenty of times for men, women, entrepreneurs, anybody, where it's like, hey, I sat. I still feel like shit, but I don't have the ability to sit here for seven mm. hours to just feel like shit. So how do you help people or how do you go about navigating your life when you're experiencing those feelings that might not be unicorns or rainbows?
1: Yeah, man. It's a great question because... A lot of times people don't have a year to take off and wander or a month to sit right in darkness to do, uh, it's about concentrated time. Then George, like I I may give myself 15, if I have a stacked day of calls and meetings and podcasts and interviews and, and creative work I need to do, I may, and I'm in the middle of the shit, I may spend 15 minutes in the morning concentrated and say cool i'm going to let my sadness flow during this i'm going to let my grief flow i'm going to let my anger fucking build i'm going to rage on this pillow i'm going to go to the gym it's it's again it's about conscious use of, like yeah i have to handle myself i have to be my own corner man from time to time i know my user manual but as as you said it may take years to really understand your own user manual yep but if you're authentic in the moment like I, I talk to so many guys who are like, Oh, I'm out of integrity in my marriage. I'm out of integrity in my business. I'm like where the fuck were you first out of integrity yeah. with yourself? That is the yes. million dollar question. Before I get out of integrity with my partner, I'm out of integrity with myself about what I want, who I am, what my soul's deepest desire yes. here is on this earth. What are my needs as a man? When and any of that goes sideways, then it's super easy to be out of out of integrity with other people or my business or, or whatnot. So it's a matter of even if it's five minutes, I don't care. Like I don't have kids, so a lot of people are like, oh, you speak as if you don't have four kids who wake up between 3 a.m. And, and 12 p.m. and you have to navigate. And like I don't, but I know everybody has five minutes to say, okay, I'm going to let this feeling wash over yep. me. I'm going to yep. literally lie on the floor and sob for five minutes. Then I'm going to do what I have to do. Because I have to do shit. I'm going to get up. I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to get to work. But I'm not going to pretend the five minutes didn't happen. And I'm not going to pretend that yeah, they're not going to happen I think again I, tomorrow. So everything – Yeah, is and Trevor, I want to I wanna meals.
0: nail this. And by the way, I have 12 horses, three, two kids, three snakes, 11 businesses. I have the fucking shit show yeah. of Adam's family, partridge. You name them, Adam all together. Throw them on a ranch in Montana. We <laughs> live it. I got ponies. I got animals. You don't even know. Okay? I got it. Right. But like, I think to be really integrous about it, Traver, is that I think what most people have to recognize is that if you don't do that five minutes, you don't actually have any other time because you're not present in that time. And I think that's a really, really Mm -hmm. important thing to understand is that that five minutes is the only five minutes that actually buys you real effective time that you can Mm -hmm. intentionally use because without it, it is either consciously agendized, meaning you are consciously avoiding something. Or subconsciously agendized, which hurts Mm -hmm. even more, because your behaviors are running you away. And so I wanted to say that because I I will say and I wanted your thought on this. And and I heard this from John Wyland and it rocked me to my core until I really got it. And you just alluded to it. And it was this conversation about integrity. And obviously you know john's container so i in mean, there were 90 men so at the level we're talking about integrity but what you know he's like how many of you are integrous men right where and he's he's baiting the shit out of us and we're like oh yeah right how many feel like you're integrity with your marriage right boom boom, boom. he's like awesome he's like how many of you realize that you can only be in integrity in the moment that you're in and we're all like what the fuck are you talking about right like kind of broke my brain and then it, it challenged this entire paradigm i had about integrity And then for me, what I got to was that integrity is when I'm consciously choosing to put my presence somewhere. And that's my definition of integrity. Because I say consciously choosing as well, because if I'm with my son and I'm playing with him and I'm thinking about how mad his mom is at me, I'm not being in an integrous relationship with my son. And so... Mm -hmm. I would love your thoughts around integrity because for me, that was a very freeing distinction because it changed how I operated my days. And like I tell people now when I wake up, the first thing I do in the morning in my stillness practice is I imagine I lost my business, my wife, my kids, my friends, and my family. And I say, who do I have to be today to earn them all back? And I look at it like, hey, everything's out of integrity. I haven't talked to anybody today. Everything's out. And then I just get excited about like going to put these pockets and plugs where this lack of integrity is. And then during my day, if I find new holes that are out of integrity, I kind of get excited to start plugging them and plug like the next ones. But I'd love your thoughts on integrity.
1: Mm. It's a dive, George. It's like it's an exploration. That's a better way to put it. So if I say to you, I want to, if you yep. invite me to your house this weekend, and I'm like, cool, I say yes. So I'm going to go. So my thoughts, my words, and actions mm. are in alignment. But I can drop that down a different level and say, did I really want to go? And if I didn't want to go, but I said I would go, so I went. On some level, again, I'm out of integrity with myself. And so I invite people to yes. explore depths. Like what does your what does your we, we had the guys do this this weekend? What does your ego want? It's like cool. I want seven houses. Don't five make Ferraris. that wrong. Don't make you know, that wrong. The woman, exactly. Go for it. Say it. Right. Nine nine figure business yeah, yeah. that I just mail in every month. What then? What does your heart want? Oh, my heart wants relationship. My heart wants connection. My heart wants. To experience laughter and joy, and maybe even a little bit of sadness. Cool. So I have to now balance those two. If I'm my integrity with my ego or my heart, then I drop it down one third level of what yep. does your soul want for you? And your soul doesn't give a fuck where you live, it doesn't give a fuck about your cars. Your soul's actually like, ooh, a breakup? I think that can actually deepen him. Let's flush this relationship down the toilet. Cool. So really being in touch with all three and recognizing that you're most likely going to be out of integrity more often than you're going to be in integrity. And the goal isn't this perfection of integrity all day long. I never waver. I never do it. No. The goal is how quickly can you recognize it, course correct, and be in a state of compassion and forgiveness because, wow, I I was just out of integrity. Now I can spend the next two days beating the shit out of myself. And guys, please listening to the whole audience, listening to this. I'm not advocating, oh, you just get to do whatever you want and then apologize for it and be like, cool, I'm back in integrity. But recognizing that you are also in relationship with integrity and that relationship will ebb and flow. That relationship, you will find out the only way I remember when someone told me this, George, he said, the only way you know you're out of integrity is when you figure out you're out of integrity. And I was like, okay, that sounds like a very basic (laughs) sentence, but it. Yeah, but you and I both know, like, here's my joke when I retire.
0: I'm launching a fortune cookie company of all of mine and my friends' isms, right? But here's what's funny, Traver. The longer we do this, the faster you recognize that if we just literally looked at 20 fortune cookies in front of us every day and aligned our behaviors to those 20 fortune cookies, all of us would be billionaires. Like, that's what's the. That's the fucking joke of it all, right? right? Like, that's the funny part out of all of it. And I'm like, the more I realize that, the more I laugh and just surrender to it. And I'm like, I'm going to get really annoying on this podcast. I'm going to be like, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Like, oh, there's some. But one of the things that you said that I think is so important is like, where this concept got me is that what I started to recognize is that integrity for me also doesn't mean that I have to agree with everything to do it. It means that I have to acknowledge how I feel about all of it before I agree to do it. So I'm integrously choosing to do it. And, and, and so layer, this was taught right? to me Beautiful. through my relationship with Lindsay in the very earliest stages when I was being taught the difference between alignment and agreement. And that was a very valuable Mm -hmm. lesson for me underneath the lens of integrity, because there are plenty of Mm -hmm. things that I align with that I totally see the vision of, but I don't agree with them. I wouldn't do it that way. That's not how I would do it, but I see it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I am aligned. But what I started to recognize Mm -hmm. on this conversation about integrity is that we were losing and I was losing is because I would agree to align on something without acknowledging how I really felt about what I was aligning to. And so then I would start having unspoken expectations, right? Or I would make little jabs yep. or resentments Resent. and, or things along those lines. Yep. And so this, this stillness practice we're talking about, this awareness we're talking about, this integrity like this, this is the, if you want the holy grail, if you want the keys to the kingdom, because for me now, I look at like if, if my integrity in a bucket is like I have this bucket of water. And it's leaking like 1% a minute and I have 3% filling the bucket and I don't like that there's a leak and I'm working on plugging the leak, but I'm still just like pursuing this, bringing everything kind of into it. But I think what you're talking about and and what I lost for a long time, and and I think a lot of entrepreneurs start this way, is like we have something to help people with. We want something to prove. We want to prove our story wrong a thousand percent. But a lot of that success comes through this Mm -hmm. like convergent, rigid thinking, right? It's black or white. It's out or in. Mm -hmm. It's on or off. And you start to recognize that that's never true. It's kind of only what you're paying attention to is on and everything else is off. And so just having this fluid ability to check in all the time and say like, oh, yeah, I really don't want to be doing this every day forever, but I can see how if I do this for the next six months it will allow me to not do it again. Or, hey, hon, I wouldn't do it that way. Here's how I feel about it. But I can totally see that. I can align to do that. But it's this level of being willing to speak your truth without making anybody else wrong or yourself wrong. Mm-hmm. But being like, this is how I feel. And and so this conversation of integrity for me is has been been really, really huge. And like, it's one of the reasons I close business deals. Because I'm like, no, like I, I've said to people, I'm like, no, i never want to talk to you again after we finish these four days because I don't agree with, you know, some of the things, but your business is great. And they're like, dope. Me too. Let's work. I'm like, what, what, how does this work? <laughs> what? And then I was like, I'm so glad I read that book, Radical Honesty, but I, I that's how I think about it. I don't, I don't know how you <laughs> think about it, but that's how I see it. At least for me, that's been freedom for me. Right. Because then if I'm like, Hey man, Like, I love you. Like, I'm not going to go to dinner because I know the conversations that you guys are going to have, but I'd love to hear how it is when you get home. Let me know. Like, that's why all of my friends, like, I don't even know most of their political affiliations. I I don't. Like, and, and so, yeah, that alignment versus agreement thing for me was a big thing in like acknowledging, um, just how I truly felt in those three questions. Like, what does my ego want is huge. And by the way, I said this and I didn't mean to interrupt Mm -hmm. Traver, but like, making parts of you wrong is the only way to guarantee you lose the game because there's nothing wrong with that like that's where your dream comes from right so like don't make it wrong if you want seven cars a purple Lambo like I have a fixed fict- picture on my phone of a 3.2 million dollar pink watch just for the record it's there's only 50 in the world it's on the <laughs> background of my phone the level of money that I need to make that to, to justify my soul buying that thing no right but like it's okay so like but what I love yeah. what you said is to even be an in integrity. If you ask your head what you want and you take action on that, you're going to fail from the get-go because you're not truly an in integrity because there's other parts to that field. And so mm-hmm. think about your success as a human, like you're a Michelin star chef. But before you start cooking, you need to know what ingredients are in your pantry. And what Traver is saying to you is one of the most powerful practices you can do. If you're like, hey, I want to start working out again. Great. What does your ego want? What does your heart want? And what does your soul want? Mm -hmm. Because if you can ask those three questions, the answers are the ingredients. And before you decide what to cook or how to cook it, you need to see kind of what you have. And so that'll allow you to start coming into agreement or into alignment or even asking the questions that would allow you to even explore what you want. Because another part of this for me, and you alluded to this earlier, remember the deep rooted fear of like being abandoned? Ah, I worked through that one. Mine... Mm -hmm is that I'm safe alone, right? So like, I don't have any fears of people leaving me mm. anymore. I'm at a point now where I'm I'm building confidence in my decisions and, and trusting just myself and saying, this is okay for me. And my fear now is that I'm going to lie to myself. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm actively like going through. Mm. And it's like just this little present muscle. But what I found is that I've never really asked myself what I want. I've always made it wrong. No, you can't dream that big. No one would ever have that. That would be dumb. Why would you want that? Nobody wants a pink Mm -hmm. private jet. Nobody wants a blank, right? And now I'm finding all these pockets in the last 10, 12 years where I had all these ideas and I turned them off. And so I've just been writing lately. I'm like, oh, I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this. And I say that because I I recognize that we don't live in a world that inspires us to say, what do you really want? Like what lights up your soul? Like what fun do you want to have? And so... You said this earlier, but I wanted to allude everybody. Ask the questions, like give yourself the permission, and say, "What would my six-year-old self say?" Like when there was no constraints, right? What would my soul say? What would my heart say? So I just wanted to throw that out there.
1: Yeah, thank you, George. I'll, yeah, I'll, throw, I'll add one more piece to that. When I I asked the guys this weekend, like, "What do yep. you? What does your soul want?" and left them alone for a half hour to write, and then had them share. To put, to put words to it. Like, hey, take this thought, take this thing on a journal and share it with two other men. And I would walk around and I would get so emotional just listening to someone actually without apology, without filter saying, yep. hey, this is what I really want. It was so touching and so moving to oh be in God, that yes. field of honesty. Just like they, they weren't allowed to have a, a is it a, a presupposition There weren't no yep, allowed to say, yep. I know this may sound ridiculous, but here's what I like. There was yep. nothing pre preluding it. It was just yeah, I no prequalifications. Yes. And the yep. no pre-qualifications. And the wants were so beautiful because we let we made them sit. We were outside. They did have to contemplate. It truly was I I want a more connected yep. relationship with my wife. I yep. want more time with my kids. And of course, totally. I, a, I want a Lamborghini. I, I, totally. want a, I want an amazing sex life. And there were a number of things that I'm sure there was an edge to it. I'm like, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask for this, but we had said you have full permission yep. for full expression here. And I, I get where you're saying for, for entrepreneurs specifically, we're often so tied into what does my client want? What does my prospective customer want? What do they want? and And I think we get disconnected. Or we get away from the idea of what do you actually want out of this? For because sure, it's a challenge, and I know I've done this: build, 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 and go great. I've I've got a product now. I've got a service that's helping so many people. Uh, yeah, you I don't build really a home
0: that you don't want to live in,
1: and and that is a real. Yeah,
0: and and exactly. and so the the, the exactly. funny part is like because I like collapsing my own bullshit, right? And I'm like, hey, let's be honest. If you don't do that one minute, two minutes, three minutes of feeling the emotion, you don't have any other time. You really, really, really don't. And Mm -hmm. if you don't ask yourself what I want before you ever ask what your clients want, your business want, your team wants, number one, you're actually never going to find the legitimate answer that causes success. And number two is you'll never work Mm -hmm. because you'll always end up building a home that you never want to live in. And so it it has to start there like every single time. And, um, you know, I'm going to say this, and Traver, I'm going to ask for your Instagram in a minute, but but listen to me. I did an exercise in a personal development course like nine years ago before I trained it, and very similar to what Traver said. And, and there's a lot of power that comes from speaking your truth and asking for what you want. And there's also a lot of fear around it that I faced a lot of my life. I don't have it anymore. I just fucking speak. Dude, I I was on a keynote and I said, I shit money and eat it for breakfast. Like I said that a couple of weeks ago. So like I'm apparently like I'm good there. But for anybody, Traver, what's your Instagram?
1: At Traver Bohm, Boehm, And then mine
0: is at, it's George Bryan. But here's my invitation for you. If you feel comfortable... And you want to say, this is what I want. This is what I want in my life. This is what I dream of. This is what I've been afraid to say. You have both of our permissions and full disclosure that we will not share it. We will only respond if you ask us to. You you make the rules. But if you want to be witnessed in whatever you want, DM either of us and we would love to support you. Yeah. We'd love to support you.
1: Thank you. I, I, I yeah, me love too. getting messages like that. George, I have a, a piece in my first book. Uh, which is all on how do you recover from heartbreak or divorce? And it's a chapter that says, I want you to email me right now, 25 things mm-hmm. that are amazing about you. And I forgot, I wrote that book like six years ago, but like once or twice a week, I'll get an email from someone, I just got chills, who's in yep. the depths of heartbreak and we're literally right. Like, I'm a good man. I'm a good mother. I yeah. play. I play the guitar really well. I can cook amazing pancakes and I will sit at my desk and just sob because someone actually shared Uh something real with me. And I I know we are in the space of social media and media and and et cetera, so starved for just what is real. And so even a real desire, like, hey, this is what I really want. It's it's engaging. It it creates connection. It creates intimacy because there's such a risk behind it of you saying, hey, this is what I want. This is what's amazing about me. And you're risking yep. the, well, that's fucking dumb. That's Who, who are you to want a $3.2 yeah. million pink? Wa-? Like that question, yep. you're risking that. And so I think if, if for so many of us that are perhaps encouraged or excited about the idea of connection and intimacy, it needs to have your wants and needs in there too. And what's amazing about you, not just, hey, here yes. are my wounds, here are my trauma, here's the worst shit of my life. Here's what I'm going through. Yeah. So it's like cool. Here's what one, of, you up? Here's one, you one of my favorite ones for my clients
0: out. before we land this plane, because I could talk to you for literally 20 hours and we'll just have to do the next one in person. Um, I'll, we'll get your ass to whitefish sure. to sit in this please, chair next please. to me. Um, uh, yeah, I, I love please. it, but I've had a lot of my one-on-one clients lately and I'm like, you know what? Listen, I'll, I'll play this game with you. You want to go to court? Fine. I was like, tell me, tell me everything you feel. Right. And they'll like, literally voxer me the evidence about themselves. I'm like, amazing. Now you are the plaintiff. Now I need you to be the defendant on the other side, go find me all of the opposing information, right? What are you doing good at? And then they get back to me and they're typically middle fingers or screw you. Stop making me do this. (laughs) right and so my new my new journal question for myself trevor you'll appreciate this because i have to constantly change the ways that i hold myself accountable is my new rumination stopper is would would what you're currently saying stand up in a court of law would you defend your life on this evidence and mm-hmm. it's uh yeah. i've been writing it on my i've been writing it on my journal prompts bro. bro and like and i'm like oh man it's instant for yeah. me now and I'm like, nope, I'm not, I'm not dying on this hill. Yeah. Nope. You know what? I'll just be wrong. I'll I'd rather be wrong. Yeah. Nope. You thought you can go away. Yeah. So um yeah. I, I just think it's really, really important. And, and, you know, I think the undertone we can agree on is is this level of self exploration, self integrity, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a mother, a father, a, a friend, is something like, listen, you get issued one of these existential mm-hmm. meat suits floating around in a ball of space with some magical power we all call something different, doing mm-hmm. it right. One. That's it right and and at the end of the day you know uh, I've obsessed around some black rabbit holes of quantum dynamics and you know spiral dynamics and many worlds theories and who knows if anybody even exists besides me but that's a different conversation but i'm just going to understand that like i have the owner's manual of this thing in front of me and everybody else does and and i really think the most important thing that we can do and, and how i would summarize today is that make sure if we're going to pick up the keys and stick them in the ignition that we're aware of the vehicle that we're driving and we understand it so that we can get the most out of it because we are really the only ones in control of that driver's seat and i will say this wholeheartedly i consume traver's work i consume traver's content i follow traver's stuff i respond to his stories i i am a huge huge fan Uh, he's a friend he's somebody i admire respect and, and and somebody i learned from and so take a deep dive and so traver I kind of want to lay the floor out for you to kind of summarize on your side today. Cause I was just like, we're just sure. going to talk today. So um, you know, just any closing right. thoughts, anything you want to leave people with, kind of how you want to summarize, leave the bow, and then you can wrap with like the best place everybody can find you, man. Beautiful. Yes, George, I'm on
1: a mission, right? I am here. This is why I am here and it is to end the unnecessary yep. suffering of men, so that we end the unnecessary suffering caused by men. And I know that's supported by a lot of people who aren't men because they're often the recipients of that suffering. And so I ask everybody who's listening to this, first of all, reach out to someone in your life, especially the strong ones, especially guys listening to this, reach out to another man and don't take I'm fine as an answer right? Fine. And I remember one of the most profound questions someone asked me ever in my life was, well, what else are you besides fine? And I had about 50 other things that were about a country Uh mile, George from fine. So so please do that. Do that for me. Uh, and you can find my work. I'm at manuncivilized.com. The book that I, that I'm most well known for is that is called man uncivilized. I have a podcast, the uncivilized podcast. George has been on it. Hit me up on Instagram. Yeah. Just look out for each other. I, I know your audience is is deep in the work and and, and look out for yourselves, folks. All right? Like take take a moment. What I went through last week with um with my cousin dying was was brutal. And yep. it doesn't have to get to that. There's we forget and get blinded by what's actually right in front of us. And that is the relationships, that is the care, that is the support, that is all of the people. Um, that are here for us and with us. So I'll leave okay. you with that. Thank you for having me, brother. Truly, this is an honor. I've, I've had, I've had this on my calendar for months, and was like, I can't wait to talk to you. Can't wait to talk. Yeah, to we'll you. do. We'll do. We it's
0: so it's a gift, man. Coming. I feel like I talked way too yeah. fucking much, but I get excited to learn from you. So I'm like, no, let me give context. Let me. Say, ah, I'm just like a little like <laughs> Dennis the Menace over here that somebody needs to shut up and put tape over his mouth. But I'm okay with it, man. That's just who I am. I get excited. <laughs> I, I love it, man. I, uh, we'll do it another a one pleasure. in person. And, and for everybody listening, yeah, for everybody listening, listen. just take one thing. That, that's it. Whether it's, does my heart, does my ego, and does my soul align? Whether it's, am I agreeing or am I aligning? Yeah. Whether it's, here's my two minutes to process the emotion. I'm going to grab an inner tool. I'm going to go ask that question. I'm going to go write 25 yeah. things about myself and email it to myself. Like There was something that tickled, and I'll call it a tickle. Just pay attention to the tickle and take an action on it because I promise you it will make you laugh and it will feel good. So that's what I got for today's episode. So we will either see you in the next episode or we will hear in your earballs. But remember that relationships always beat algorithms, especially the one with yourself if you needed any more evidence than today's podcast. So we will see you in the next episode. Here is the outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show.